So this is my family. Um, as Pastor Joe said, we're in Redding, California right now. Just an incredible opportunity to be there um, with some of the leaders, uh, conversing, learning, sharing. And it's, it's amazing. You know, people ask me, how did I get my wife? Um, and, and I'm like, man, I don't know. This is God's grace, man. Um, <clears throat> so we have four kids, two boys, two girls. And it's just such a wild time. My son, Seth, he's six. And uh, we were... Um, you, you know, you've got to expose them to some things earlier now because of the access to gadgets and the access to things online. And so I was sitting with him and I said, Seth, we're really trying to press into uh, meeting their hearts right now where they're at, preempting what God's doing. And so I'm speaking to him about like bad pictures, good pictures. And I'm talking him through this book and he's six and he's looking at me like, Dad, what's going on here? I'm like, listen, they're out there. <laughs> bad pictures, good. So I start picture, explaining to him, here's what a bad picture is. And he looks at me, pondering. Hey. And I said, here's what a good picture is. And so you see the difference. He goes, I do, Dad. I said, good. I said, now, now Seth, have you ever seen a bad picture? He says, I have. I said, oh, man. Someone beat me to it. You know, as a dad. And I said, where did you see this bad picture? He looks at me and says, the Bible. So now I'm intrigued. I'm, you saw it in the Bible. Seth, where in the Bible did you see this bad picture? They said, you know, in Adam and Eve in Genesis. They, Dad, they're just covered by leaves, Dad. You know? and I, so now I had to explain to her. I was like, no. The intention of that was so different. And so anyway, just, that's just a story. We're being very intentional with our kids. I would encourage you, be intentional with your kids. Expose things earlier with the lens of Jesus, not with the lens of, uh, of, of, of the world. Expose them early. That's just something we're walking through. Um, so that's my, my, my four kids, Levi, Seth, Madison, and Noah, baby girl. We are done, done and dusted. <laughs> I'd like to show you just a project that we're working on. Like Pastor Joe said, we are a family ministry, but we have extended family. We believe in extended family. And so we have 130 churches in Zimbabwe. We've been serving since the 80s during the war. And we're just seeing so many incredible things. And one of these initiatives we just began uh, was something called Artisan Tribe. And it's, 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 it's part of our extended ministry. I'd just like to show you this because it'll encourage you just some of the things that we're doing in Africa. So if you just play that.
So just be praying for us. That's something that we're launching. And basically the, the premise is Jesus prepared generations through to storytelling. And we want to be on the forefront of shaping the African narrative through powerful t- film, TV show, music projects, and stage projects uh, so that we can see a generation in Africa shaped according to biblical values and principles. So please be praying for us. That's one of the projects um, when you think about us. Have you ever been in a broken relationship where it seems so broken, you're not even sure if it can ever be stitched back up? Have you ever felt so frustrated that you're all alone, but you're surrounded by people, and the access to a quick comment, a quick like, a quick sort of happy cookie-cutter encouragement is so available, but yet none of that actually fulfills you. And you're wondering, surely if this is the God of love and there's this family that he talks to us about, there should feel a little bit more like there's love in the room. Have you ever felt like that before? Turn with you in Matthew 9 verse 2. And when you get there, just say, that's it. So, so in, in Africa, sometimes we say amen. Sometimes we say, that's it. So when you get there, just say, that's it. And if you're not good at turd there, just look at me and smile. <laughs> at least I'll be encouraged. All right, so Matthew 9 verse 2. It says, some men brought to him, Jesus, a paralyzed man, lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, your sins are forgiven. Sometimes when we're paralyzed in an area in our life, we need the faith of others. 1 John three seventeen to 19 says, If anyone with earthly possessions sees his brother in need but withholds his compassion from him, how can the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word and speech. I'm going to read that again. Little children, let us not love in word and speech, but in action and in truth. And this we will know we belong to the truth, and our hearts will be reassured in His presence. How incredible is that? First, there's this small rebuke. Do not love in deed and, sh- and do not love in speech and truth. And there's an echo chamber of speech and truth love out there. Has anyone ever? And, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this. But someone's going through something, and you find a Tony Roberts quote, and you shift it through, and that's about it. Or you're on the receiving end, and you and it's cool, but you're like, man, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than Tony Robbins. Do not love in deed and truth. Sorry, do not love in speech and word, but in deed and in truth. And the scripture tells us that when we love in deed and in truth, that is action, and sometimes truth is confrontation, then we will reassure our hearts in his presence that we are truly sanctified and a part of the family. I didn't say that exactly, I'm paraphrasing. So often I've, 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 in my own life I've been not assured. I'm like, man, am I in the right place? And God will challenge me and say, are you loving in deed and in truth? Or Tommy, are you just loving in word? There's something that it does deep inside of us when we get on our knees in the morning and we know that we're, we're crying out to the Father, we're crying out to the heart, but we can point back and say, Father, when I, when I love that person indeed, 
my heart was reassured. When I loved that person in the, in the midst of his pain, my heart was reassured that I'm a son. When I loved that person with a hard conversation and I got in the, I got in the trenches with them, my heart was reassured. And I want to propose that maybe our hearts cannot be reassured if we only love in speech and in word. You know, relationship dynamics are different. Growing up in Africa, in Zimbabwe, I've told people sometimes I'm black on the inside and white on the outside. It doesn't really work. You know, people are like, hey, 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 hey. I'm like, okay, I've learned quickly not to say that. Um, but, you know, engaging in relationships is, is, is different. And, and, and one of the ways, there's, there's three ways that I've seen. One, in, in Zimbabwe, we have, we have these cops, right? And cops are very relational in Zimbabwe because they don't get paid very well. So they're always looking at you as a potential payment system. So, so when you get pulled over by the cops in Zimbabwe, often you get out of your car, you put your hand on the shoulder, you chat through stuff, you say, hey, look, it's a hot day, would you like a Coke? And then they say, well, look, you know, you were speeding a bit, but hey, hang on a moment, how about you give me a Coke, I'll give you, and is that a bribe? Not really, it's more so just relationship, you know? <laughs> and, so, and so when I came to the US, we've only been here, you know, two and a half years or whatever, but... When I, when I came to the U.S., my first engagement with a cop, I, I, I almost tried this system. Be, because, you know, no one told me this story, eh? So I get pulled over. I see the, the, the things. And I really hate those things now. But I see the thing in my rearview mirror. I get out. And I, get, I open my car. Because I'm going to do the same thing I, I do. So I'll, go, I'll start walking towards the guy. He hands, grips his gun, and he's like, you get back. You, you get back in the car. You get back. And I'm like, hey, 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 hey. All I wanted to do was to see if you were thirsty. <laughs> so I, I get back in the car. And he comes. The first thing he says, why did you get out the car? I said, I was just going to come have a chat. He's like, you don't come and have a talk with me. He's like, put your hands on the steering wheel. So I did. Anyway, finally he figured out, like I showed him my Zimbabwe license, and, and that was okay. That's one, one differentiation of relationships I've seen. The other thing I've seen in relationships <laughs> is, is, is people lead you to systems, not people. And, and so in Zimbabwe, when you break down, there's no triple A. You call, you call like five friends, eh? Hey guys, I'm here on the side. And then they arrive with Cokes and, 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 tr- and you make a whole event out of it. Eh? And then afterwards you say, you know what, let's, let's hang out for a bit, let's talk, and then let's go have a croissant at home or something. And, and I tried to do that here. When I broke down, I was like, hey, Nathan, I need some help. He's like, call AAA. I was like, but AAA is not a relationship. He's like, yeah, but you should have AAA. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can make a new friend. AAA comes in. I'm trying to talk to this guy. He doesn't want to talk. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to make jokes. No, I don't want to talk. I've got my mission. So I just, I realized my needs here were being met through systems, not people. And one of the most amazing things is when you're able to meet a need of someone else because God has designed us as a body 
not a box of Cheerios with almond milk. <laughs> I, you know, I think sometimes the body acts like a box of Cheerios with almond milk. We're just all kind of bumping around. The spoon stirs us. Whatever the spoon is, it's COVID. And we're just all bumping into each other. And God's like, actually, I've designed you as, as a body. And, and, and when you need each other, it's actually a strength. Not a weakness. And, be, and because of the individualistic culture, the American dream, I love, but I, but I propose potentially, when you look at the statistics of depression and loneliness and and, and you hear that some, some of the most incredible therapists are saying, we cannot handle all of the loneliness. We cannot handle all of the depression. We cannot handle all this mental battles. My proposition is that you cannot find your destiny in isolation. My proposition is that you were not made to be self-sufficient. Go with me on this. You were actually made to plug into a body where your strength matches someone else's strength. And I don't have it all figured out. There's something about what the body does and how powerful that is when Psalm 133 says that there's something powerful when brothers dwell together in unity. It's a commanded blessing. What's a commanded blessing? It's a blessing that cannot be interfered with. And I think... My, my, my proposal is that there's so much interference because we think unity is a follow or we think unity is a like or unity is a Tony Robbins quote. Just a thought. Because in this day and era, I was, I was with uh, a lot of people from um, Empower 21. We were all young leaders meeting in Budapest and one of the biggest situations that came out of that in terms of dialoguing is where is this generation going? Where is the trajectory of the kingdom and Christianity headed? One of the things we found out was that this era, especially of the younger generation, they're fighting harder for where they belong than for what they believe. And so it's important that the foundation of how Jesus led the foundation of family, that God seeing himself as father and us as kids, that we dwell together in unity, that we, that we intentionally create these spaces and places for people to feel like they belong and they can thrive, as opposed to just saying, you should believe one, two, three, four, five, six. And so we're in a, we're in a really interesting time where I believe the glory of the Lord is about to be spread across the earth because of churches like this. Churches like this that say... You belong here, and you are a gift from God, not a tool to be used. And so this whole sense of feeling overconnected and underloved will be what we start to attack because God is love. And I mean, there's, there's oftentimes you meet people who you feel like maybe you're a stepping stone to someone else, and... And, 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 and then you're like, hey, but I want some more depth in my relationships. And, and what I felt like the Lord is saying in this season is we need to give big invitations. Because how many of you know that the, the gospel is an invitation gospel? There is no forced gospel. It's an invitation to something powerful. And I think God invites us into something amazing. We invite, us into, into, we invite him into the corners of our hearts and our souls and our life. 
and he changes us. But it also is time for us to give big invitations to people. In Zimbabwe, you know, again, just paralleling, everyone speaks to you about how you raise your kids. Everyone. Hey, your kids were terrible yesterday. Hey, you need to change this about the way you raise your kids. Hey, you need to... So I tried that here. <laughs> hey, let me just tell And I just realized there's no invitation. That invitation... But, what you, but, 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 but the extent of, and again, this is, I'm, 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 I'm generalizing here, so please, this is my experience. But the invitation that I got, it was like people sit you down and say, okay, look, you and me, we're about to go deep. Okay, cool, I'm ready, let's go. I'm going to follow you on Instagram. <laughs> and if you want to go deeper, how about you give me a little follow back? That's the invitation. And you're like, whoa. Guys, this is rough, eh? This is rough stuff. And I started, I started now shifting the conversation and saying, hey, how about I want you, if you see me treating my kids in a way that you think I could do better, please challenge me any day. Knock on my door. Come bang it down. I don't care if you feel like you need to talk to me at 10 p.m., 1 a.m., I'm in your corner, I'm in your camp. And I started seeing, like, these are people who have been in leadership positions. A lot people, I would give you names, and you'd be like, wow. And they're like, I don't know if I've ever felt this. I've, I've felt isolated. And I feel like as we go forward in this generation, we have to see ourselves as a body that complements each other, where every part is doing something powerful, where we cannot be without the other part, and also that we're not overconnected. I mean, I get so many opportunities to connect with people all over the place, and, and sometimes you connect with the wrong part of the body just because you're not supposed to. It's like if, if you ever put your, your toe to your ear. I mean, that's a tough situation, hey? <laughs> and you can't stay there too long. You can't, I mean, you maybe for a stretch. Like, you know, you know sometimes you, you meet with guys. You, now I've started to say, hey, we're part of the same body, but it, it's stretching me. <laughs> that person's stretching me. But so often it's like, hey, do you want to connect with this person? Want to connect with this? And all of a sudden it's like actually... This, this, this depth and this, 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 this body, this fastening together of, I'm in your court, you're in mine, we have to move forward in covenant, this kind of feeling like, where is that? Ephesians 4 verse 16, that's it. Ephesians 4 verse 16, it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. How many of you know you have a special work? It helps the other parts grow, so that the body is healthy, growing, and full of love. So when we are united as a body, when we are in covenant relationship, not just connection relationship, difference. Covenant relationship, not just connection relationship. We have more growth. We have more growth. We have more stability. Um, number two, our gifts thrive. Everyone say gifts thrive. Gifts thrive. You know, Matthew 5, verse 23, I'll go there, and I, I know I'm going uh, in, in different order, but Matthew 5, verse 23 to 24, so if you are offering your gift, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples and some other listeners, so if you are offering your gift at the altar, and they remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar, first go be reconciled to your brother, and then come and give your gift at the altar. 
This is new covenant stuff. This is Jesus saying, hey, it's, it's so important to me that you are working together in love, unity, confrontation in a way that says you are with each other. Before you come and give me your, you know, 10-hour practices, before you come and give me all the different things that you know. I mean, I've seen people want to give things to the Lord, shoving people away, saying, do you know it's just me and my Jesus? Can you please leave? Can you please get out of my way? I have the altar to get to, and I have to put this down before. Do you even understand what I'm about? And Jesus is saying, you just bumped five people on the way to the altar. You were glorifying your gift over my body. And we have so many people leaving gifts at the altar, saying, do you know what I'm doing for Jesus? Jesus is saying, I don't really care too much about this until. And it's not even if you have ought against your brother. That's easy. It's if you know your brother has ought against you. Sometimes people are like, that's none of my business. I'm not, I know if they have an issue with me, they could come tell me. <laughs> and Jesus is like, actually, something really powerful. Your gift will thrive when you are reconciled, when you are unity, when you are in covenant. Because it's easy to break disconnect. It's easy to disconnect with people. It's too easy, especially now. You get a little bit of bump. Ah, I'm going to find new friends. God, if you, gave me, if you gave me cool friends, I'd be faithful. I'd be a faithful friend. If you gave me cool friends. <laughs> He's put you in, in together for a reason. I, there, was, there, there was a guy who was struggling with insecurity when we were growing up. I was a youth pastor, and I said to him, I said, hey, you know all these, you know, you know all these famous preachers? And he said, yeah, 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 I do. They're really cool. I said, hey, I believe in you more than these famous preachers. And he said, no, there's no way you can. How? I said, because God didn't put me in their life. He put you in my life. And, 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 and God is the better designer than me. And I'm not about to just stretch my toe to my ear just because it's, it's part of the same body. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm, I'm, I'm right here connected to you today. And then just say, that's it. So I think we're in a season of big invitations, big invitations to covenant relationships. I want to invite you to speak into my life. I don't want to walk past your gift and act as though I'm not calling it out because we're in a season where we need to call out the kings in each other. And so often when we're in a place, when we're in a place of paralysis, we need people to come around and Jesus say, hey, their faith, that place of paralysis is now a place of life. And so, I'll tell you one more story, then I, I, I want to end, because I feel, like, I feel like God showed me these, these, these almost open gaps of like wounds and cuts that are just, God's doing stitches, and it'll be quick healings. Because I believe it's important in this season for us to be so united and so in covenant relationship, not just convenient relationship. So much an intentional relationship, not just an overconnected world where we're feeling underloved. Because it's hard to talk to the world about a place and about a kingdom if you don't actually feel the robust love in the kingdom. It's like, hey, you should believe in this because you should believe. You know, when I, when I have my kids uh, in the back room, 
because I know some people say, but yeah, you should get all that from God. Maybe. But, but I, I do believe that's important. But when I see my kids in the backyard, and my kids love to play, and they love to make forts, and uh, they love to make hammock swings and everything like that, and then they, they work together. They say, you know what, if we could put this over here, we could put this over here, we could get a gun. And I sit back and I watch my kids, and I just love it. And when they love each other and they're working together, I don't, I don't go to them and say, hey, 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 too much love between you guys. I need some of that. <laughs> I don't say, hey, you guys love each other too much. I need to, I'm the dictator of love. You need to love me more than them. I, I think sometimes God is lo- looking at us and we just keep coming back to God saying, God, can you love me? Can you love me? Can you love me? And he's like, can, can you guys love each other as well, please? Because one of the greatest joys of me being a father is to see my kids working together, loving each other. One of the most pr- prolific prayers that Jesus prayed was, may they be one. And, and I think there's something about, I'm not going to walk past you and give something at the altar when I know there's a disconnect. We become more courageous when we're in covenant. Right? Short story, and we're going to end. Let's give big invitations. Let's go towards covenant, not connection. I was with about seven guys in the deepest part of the African bush where there's five prides of lion in one area, and we camp in the middle of those prides. It's just one of those things you do when you have the opportunity. And so I got these guys together, and what happened was we forgot a gun because one of the guys that had the gun he had to leave, and so we had an option, do we go with no gun, or do we go with, or do we not go at all? So he said, no, we're going to go. So we're tracking these lions on foot one of these days, and we're seeing these big paw prints in the sand, and, and, and it's exciting because we, 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 we know there's a kill, and the lions have been eating a lot, this baby elephant, and so we're, we know we're not the only things on the menu. They've, they've already eaten, Right? And so, so we're tracking these lines, and I've done this since I was a kid, right? So this is, I, 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 I kind of know the, the situation. And all of a sudden, in a moment of time, we're surrounded, one, two, three lions. And the guys behind me are holding my, like holding, you know when guys hold you? Like guys are getting together, eh? And I said, guys, we cannot disconnect and run because if we run, it will trigger the enemy. If we are in isolation, it will trigger the enemy, and then we will have no chance. But if we stay together, no matter what we face, it will not come to us because we look bigger. And I think if the enemy had one big plan to dismantle and disconnect his church, when we face the roar of a lion, we all disconnect and scatter and say, I've got to figure out my own life in order for me to be I've got to figure out everything so I don't need anything because need is bad. And, but God's like, actually, we need each other. Because when we, ha- when we have each other, it doesn't matter what we face. We know that love. We know that body. We know people working together. So after that, we were able to get away. There, there was a line that growled. I won't go into the story. It was crazy. Guys were mad at me, and then they were happy with me. And then back down at the fire, they're like, did you see what we did? We face lions, guys. Some of our best stories will come when we face lions together. 
and we'll sit around by the campfire and we'll say, God, you did something so incredible with us. Big invitations. Covenant over connection. And let's not walk past the gifts and people to give the gifts just to Jesus. Let me just pray together. Lord, I just thank you so much for your presence here and your Holy Spirit, God, that you, right now, Father, that you are mending hearts. Lord, I, I believe that you are doing a work in us that will bring us fruit in this city. Pastor Joe, I feel like just the way that you are doing your leadership team and your leadership development, that it's going to be a model for other churches and other, other churches, not just in this city or this town or in the U.S., but I feel like God's giving you a model of expansion. I don't know if the, you're making any transitions or anything in terms of new, new, um, new dynamics, but I feel like, I feel like it's, it's going to explode. I feel like there's people God's going to drop into your heart where he's like, hey, look, actually there's a power. There's a power to go back over that covenant. I feel like there's people that God's going to show you in this room or in this city where you're like, God's like, hey, I want you to go beyond a simple invitation. I want you to make a big invitation for covenant. And God's showing you, and you're going to find so much life there. Sometimes we don't need, it says a brother is born for the day of adversity. It means God knew you were going to go through adversity, and he had a plan. That plan was a covenant brother. A brother is born for the day of adversity. God, I just thank you that you're going to show people who they're supposed to be covenant for, who they're supposed to walk through adversity with. And Lord, that this will be a church that is so pronounced in the power of the love of Jesus that miracles will just be a byproduct because of the love that's in this place. If that's you, just put your hand on your heart and you say, Amen, something's speaking to me. God, I pray for every person that this message has spoken to you that it would go deep inside, that it would go in the best soil possible, Father. That we would see such dynamic transformation in these hearts. Right now, Lord, that if there's any relationship in the past that has caused pain or disconnection, be healed in Jesus' name. Relationships that have hurt since they were since since 10 years, 40 years, whatever it is, Lord, I just thank you right now that you are the God that heals that you mend every broken heart, that you are near to the brokenhearted, Father. Mend these hearts that we may be able to walk in love without any disconnection from the past. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.